Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Now, here's a battle I don't have every day. Battling with the microphone here. The uh, previous user here had it all kind of, I don't know, twisted. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, making a little sausage here on the... on the radio. How are you this afternoon? It, this weather. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. How incredible has it been? Evenings, beautiful. Looking forward to the uh, Kiss Me, I'm Irish run this weekend. Our good friend uh, Daryl Tupkin is uh, putting on another great event. And the uh, free prostate exams for men. I mean, this is just, uh, Daryl just does some great things for the community and so glad to be able to participate and help. Also looking forward to getting out on the road and and, uh, it's really been tough. For those of you that have been following along, not doing so well on my 1,000-mile challenge, not doing well at all. But uh, I am seeing experts and... uh, it is getting better, but I could certainly use your prayers. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a challenge. Don't forget that the Decision America Tour is coming up March 18th at the State Capitol. I really, really pray and hope that you will join me and others in our community so that we can show not only the people of Arizona, but the people of the nation, just how much the people of faith here in Arizona care about our country and our city and our state. You know, our nation's in trouble. And the answer, (laughs) I I want you voting. I want you registered to vote. I want you informed. But the answer doesn't actually lie with the politicians, right? It's all for naught if we don't have Christ. And as Christians, we know the answer and his name is Jesus, who is the Christ. Now, to join us, you can get the details at decisionamericatour.com. That's decisionamericatour.com. Again, it's going to be at the state capitol noon on the 18th. Hope Fest is coming to the Valley again Saturday, April 16th. Lots of ways for you to get involved to serve the over 20,000 people that will be serving that day with dental care, medical care, groceries, haircuts, clothing, personal care items. You can find all the details, cityserveaz.com forward slash hopefest, cityserveaz.com forward slash hopefest. Aspire, a one-night, three-hour event just for women with Shantae Fieldhound, Shannon Hoffpower, Carrie Pomerale, and Mia Kane. It's coming to Pure Heart Christian Fellowship Friday, April 8th. I'm working on getting conversations with all these ladies. But, you know, you can win a great little package of 10 tickets by sending an email to win at faithtalk1360.com. Put Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, in the subject line. And you'll need to give Gene your uh, daytime contact number. 
Of course, your email address. And you could be a winner. If you'd like information on the Aspire Women's Conference, go to AspireWomensConference.com. A couple of weeks ago, Billy Thrall was in here. I was so excited with the information that he had to share. He was telling us of this guy that God had given this great idea to. Well, guess what? We're going to have him here in studio, and I'm really looking forward to it. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Billy Thrall came in, um, well, as he's wont to do, kind of dropped an awesome bomb on uh, Terry Lynn and I. I. I had no idea. I thought we were just going to kind of find out what Billy's up to these days. And, you know, it's going to be awesome because that's what God does in Billy's life. But, wow, there was a particular, uh, and it, I think it was actually about halfway through the hour, Billy, when you started to talk about this thing uh, called the church portal. Care portal. Care portal for churches yep. to be involved in the community. And in my, my spirit just kind of started rejoicing because it really felt like something that was very real and very tangible. And you know how I am. The, the name of the show is Koinonia. The whole point of me being back on the air is is communion, is is communing one with another and how can we work together. That's what, that was really what, you and I kind of met on the basis of I had gone to a a, 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 a a city fest meeting and there was over a hundred churches in the same room and I couldn't believe it. I've been in this market since '87 and I was like stunned. And uh, then I had a chance to do a little radio thing and I got you and Levi in and we had a great time and it's just kind of grown and I've just seen God work in your life and start to bring this same heart to the community, not just, you know, having it in our heads. And then you texted me, I don't know, a few days later and said, hey, how would you like to have the guy in? (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's make that happen. (laughs) And so that's where we are today. I'm excited about this. Me too. I'm really excited. So I'm going to let you do the introductions. I'm just going to do what I normally do well, and that's step back and listen to you. Uh, talk about what God's got going on. Uh, that's a fun tee up. Thanks, Tom. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you recognizing what God's doing because I think I forget that, and I think that I have to do something here. Uh, I think it's more just responding to what God's doing, and that's part of what Care Portal and our guest here today is all about. He would say the same thing that this is God's idea, and uh, because of that, it gives us great hope. Um, I will say right out of the shoot. I love when something works, mm. and I love when something works for the kingdom, and this is one of those things. 
where it is the heart of God, it does unify the church, and we meet real needs for kids and families who are struggling. We're one of eight to nine states in the United States that's thinking about this stuff and launching Care Portal. But really, it's a blast to have uh, Adrian Lewis here. So welcome, Adrian. Thanks, guys. So Adrian uh, lives in Kansas City and uh, is kind of the guy who birthed this with uh, Global Orphan Project. Uh, and we're going to drill into in this show a little bit specifics, how people can serve, what is happening in Arizona. Um, kids are already getting served in Pima County and being able to stay home with their families as churches wrap around them to keep these kids out of our foster care system. Amazing stuff. And we want to expand this acro- across the state. But a little backstory, Adrian, a little bit about yourself sure. and how you got God's pull into this. That's a great question. Um, You know, it it goes way back, way back to 2007. God uh, gave me an opportunity to take my wife to a foreign country. We went to Haiti on a mission trip. And um, while we were there loving on children who had nothing and yet had everything, uh, God just pierced our heart. He made it clear to us that the path of our life was supposed to be uh, not normal, not comfortable, but supernatural. And so we were obedient to things that he asked us to do, and that led us ultimately into being part of the Global Orphan Project in 2009. And a couple of years ago, four years ago, um, God made it very clear that we're doing all this wonderful work around the world to help local churches care for local children and families in crisis. But it was time for us to do that exact same thing in the United States. And so we as a ministry began a journey. And at the same time, God laid it on my heart personally to pursue adopting through foster care. So my wife and I were obedient to that call. We, um, we took the classes. We did the work. Our hearts were broken for just the, the amazing trauma and tragedy that so many of these kids have dealt with when their family system has fallen apart and, and our hearts were pierced for them in a really personal way. And so that's led us down a path of now we're at our third set of, of siblings that are part of our family and um, our prayers that adoption will be finalized soon. That'll get us up to six kids and our house is nuts. Our mm. oldest is 28, mm. 14, 13, 8, 5 today. Jalen turns 5 today and Isaac is 3. So my wife, bless her heart, has been changing poopy diapers for 28 years. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time. That's a really long time. That's right. So your home is all about caring for these kind of kids, mm-hmm. but also you've your passion and your ministry calling is about it. So this concept, the care portal, yeah. everywhere you and I go, um, and I only go with you a few places, everybody says, why didn't we think of this before? Mm. Uh, it's so simple and yet so profound. How did God give it to you? How, how did it kind of come together for you, for us, this way that the church could actually serve kids in the state systems in real time? Yeah, that's a great question. So we were um, trying to engage the church in Kansas City, where Global Orphan Project is headquartered. We were trying to help the church see the responsibility and opportunity and need to care for the least of these in our own city. And um, in that process, we developed relationships, and we started to unpack things. And, um, and one day, literally, I was sitting in 
my office reading a document that our CEO wrote about this space, about child welfare and the church, and and literally in a flash, um, God gave me this vision for a really simple way to use technology to bridge the gap between the very now, every moment needs of child welfare and the way for the local churches to engage, to meet needs in real time. Um, it isn't actually rocket science. This kind of technology exists all over the place in, ver- in many different spaces. But in this space, between the church and child welfare, where most people believe the lie that church and state are supposed to be separate, right? That isn't from the Lord. That isn't written in our Constitution. But people believe that. And so there's this gap that exists that makes us not understand how to work together. And so really simply... Care Portal gives a clear path using technology for social workers to submit requests of needs real time and for churches in that community to get those requests and respond as they're able. It's just that simple. We're going to drill into how it works. I, I just want to set, again, the context for what Adrian just said. Um, our state, Arizona, has upwards of 20,000 children that today are not in a, at a home. They're not in their home. And their custody of the state because they've come from a place of crisis or trauma. Um, I don't know about you, but I get sick of seeing it in the news. Um, I'm in a lot of meetings with my role now in the governor's office about this stuff, and it never gets comfortable for me. I never enjoy the news story. I never like the kind of dramatic effect. I hate it. I want that number to be zero. And I think a lot of us feel that way. I think we have a little bit of compassion fatigue in the church in Arizona over the foster care issue. We almost get sick of hearing the foster care issue over and over and over. And so we're trying to figure out a way in our compassion fatigue to not shut down, but to somehow serve. But very few people in a church are going to step up tomorrow and adopt a kid like Adrian and his wife have done. And so the rest of us sort of sit there and say, don't call on me, Lord, don't call on me. I don't know what to do. I can't help. But we know the crisis is huge. Mm. We also know that there are wonderful followers of Jesus in the system working every day. They see it as their mission, and they feel so alone. They feel shamed by the media, and they feel kind of ostracized by their church. I love this solution because it really is a way for any of us and each all of us to play a part in serving kids in the system by serving the workers who don't know where else to go for resource. So in a little bit, we're going to take a break, Adrian, but I just a little bit, I, I tell again, what does Care Portal do, if you could summarize it in a minute, and then we'll come back after the break and drill into how other people can get involved. So in a minute, imagine a social worker knocking on a door, seeing children being neglected, that there's harm in their home because they don't have what they need. And this mother is struggling but wants to provide for her children. She may need something as simple as three beds instead of one that her three kids are sharing. And so now that there's been a hotline and she's being investigated, um, DCS can't just walk away. They have expectations. There are standards. There's things they need to do. So DCS says, we're going to submit this request online, careportal.org. They submit the request. We need two more beds for the struggling mom so she can have her kids separated in the same, and keep them in their home. 
And that request goes out to six or 10 or 12 churches. And within minutes, 50, 100, 500 people, maybe more, know that there is this mom who has a need for a couple of beds. And like you said, Billy, not everyone is ready to raise their hand to become a foster parent. But imagine sitting in your church and, and getting an email, sitting in your living room, getting an email and, and saying, this mom needs two beds to keep her kids together. Aren't you going to raise your hand and say, I got that? I can do that. I can, I can spend the 100 bucks on a bed. I got an extra bed in my garage. Would you do that? I think so. And it's working. It's in eight states across our country. It's in Pima County. We're bringing it to Maricopa County, hopefully, uh, prayerfully. And uh, we're going to drill into that a little bit more after the break. So, Tom, thank you for hosting me and, and our brother Adrian here today. Well, uh, you know, I'm like, I, I, you know, I know, I know, I know somebody's got an extra bed. It's not being used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. You're right. I mean, right. in that, in that kind of where, and that's what excites me about this, Billy. It's I'm not. I haven't been afraid to put myself, to put my hat in the ring. It's just I know um, that we don't have the wherewithal. You know, we live in a tiny apartment. That's our, But I feel a little helpless hmm. because there isn't anything I can really, I can give money. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can give support. I can give airtime. But, you know, tangible, let's get our, uh, you know, into our elbows in this thing. I, I haven't had that opportunity. And I really see this as a way that I can. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk more about, well, what's really needed and uh, what the next steps are. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. that we actually had people during the break going, but you didn't tell us how to get a hold of you. I want to do something. <laughs> You're listening to Coinedia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXG. That's what's exciting about this. I, 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 if, if anybody is having the same response that I had the first time I heard it, I, you know, I pestered Billy. I did. And I don't normally do that, right? I mean... You pester me about other things. Well, but not, not at the top. It's like, I need to know more about this. In right. fact, I, you know, I want to do this. How can I, yes. Tom Brown... Love that. Uh, not Tom Brown, the radio guy. And that was one of the distinctions I wanted to make. You know, this is something that Mary and I, we can be a part of. You know, mm-hmm. we, we you. can... We, I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of call for a, a late night talk host, but you know, I, there's other things that I can do, right? I mean, you know, I yeah. can come uh, mm. put together a bed. Uh, I mean, you know, I can uh, I can help uh, insulate a window. Uh, you know, or I can help get a refrigerator installed. Mm. You know, those are things that I can do, and that's what's exciting about this. I think there's going to be a lot of people that say, "This is something I can do." Mm. You're uh, drilling into specifics, Tom, and I want to take us there. So I'm, I'm Billy Thrall, by the way, and I don't work for the CARE Portal. I currently work for our governor's administration. But Adrian Lewis is here from Kansas City and the designer of the CARE Portal. And uh, in case you missed that first segment, this is uh, a ministry that's now rolling out across the country because uh, it's awesome mm. and, and it works. 
but Tom, you're kind of back to the specifics. Um, I'll let Adrian talk about it. Let me just, from my viewpoint, why this administration and why I think churches are hopping, hopping on this deal is it's, it is actually serving children and keeping kids and families together across the country, over a thousand. So we looked at numbers yesterday. Uh, in a year that the care portal's been going, it, just only a year, it's now in eight states, mm-hmm. uh, over a thousand children got to stay home. Now, if a child is in a situation that they should be removed, that's not a care portal conversation. But if a caseworker walks into a home and realizes this is a loving family trapped in poverty or some issue that they just can't get around, but by law, we're going to have to pull these kids. If only there was a loving community to wrap around these people, you know, church. Yeah. But of course, that's not how the state can talk about it. They just didn't know where to go before. And Care Portal has created a way to connect the resource, the community, the love of church to families who had nowhere else to go. And so that's what this is about. So, Adrian, as we were together even yesterday in some meetings, you were talking about um, most of the situations that come to Care Portal are because families are in isolation. Mm-hmm. How has Care Portal started to bridge that for people? Now you're hitting it, brother. Um, when you or I uh, fall into crisis, right? We're human, so we're going to fall into crisis at some point in time. Things start falling apart. Sometimes our own doing, sometimes circumstantial. Just what things happen. Um, we we have a safety net. We have a lot of people around us that love us and will be there for us. That safety net could be our family, could be friends, it could be our local body of Christ. But most of the families, when you talk to social workers, most of the families that they bump into don't have a safety net. Most of the families struggling with providing for their kids, most of the families who are maybe even in an addiction situation whose kids are being removed, they have no safety net, no one. So I just want us to imagine for a moment what our life would be like in the moments where the times where we are in crisis ourselves. If we had no one around to lean on, no source of hope whatsoever, that would be sad. And that's the reality for many of these families whose children end up being removed. Whatever the circumstances are, they don't have hope because they have no one around them. So when the church responds to a simple request to provide a bed or a crib or pay an electric bill, and someone in the church engages that family, you're providing hope for that family that someone I don't even know is coming to help me? Hope. This is what Jesus did. And you're also giving them an avenue to engage a community. So now they won't be isolated. Giving them the bed in the moment is good and right and brings hope. But what if that turns into more? What if that turns to them being in community? your community. What do you think God will do with that? And he's not talking theory. This is happening all over the place. Mm. Uh, And it's really happening actually in our state. A sweet woman named Sue in Tucson heard Adrian speak at a conference last year and just begged God to bring it to Pima County. And God has put some wonderful people in the state department down there that serves children and together they've made care portal launch that's we're right. 21 churches 22 churches that's in tucson right. that's what it takes by the way so how are we going to get there tom uh you have to have churches willing to do the care portal and people have to sign up they'll be willing to receive an email from our state system but 22 churches in tucson said yes 
And because of that, DCS down in Pima County is releasing need in real time to this care portal, and churches are meeting that need. In just the three months Tucson has had it, 108 children have got to stay home. Wow. It's impacted multiple families. And in my opinion, the buzz right now in Tucson, uh, when people kind of talk about it, it's because community starting to happen. That's right. And the care portal has been in the middle of a lot of those conversations. Churches are being blessed as they find new friends and families who felt isolated are now connected because maybe one of the care portal needs, and this did happen, was the heat broke or the window smashed and the mom didn't have the resources to fix the heat. By rule, that's an unsafe environment for children. Care Portal got the message and a construction worker in Tucson showed up and said, I'll fix the heat. And by the way, I see some other stuff I'll fix. So he Mm. called his construction crews. They redid this house. This family has never been happier because they didn't have the money to fix it. There's mom, dad, and little kids. And that church and that family are now connected. Yeah. They'll never see the state system. Perfect. That's right. You know, church stepped in and said, we'll be the, the arms of Jesus here. We don't need the state anymore. Thank you, state, for showing us that need, but we're in, we got this. And that's being repeated throughout, not just Pima County, but the country. We, I want that so bad here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's part of how, when I met Adrian, I was like, how do we get that to Maricopa County? So talk a little bit, Adrian, sure. what is it going to take for Maricopa County to bring Care Portal here? Yeah, so you hit a couple of the highlights. Um, one of them requires DCS, Child Welfare, to say, we are willing to partner with the church. And I am excited to tell you that has already happened in Maricopa. So church, we are not waiting on government. Government is waiting on us. So what do we need to do now? We, church, need to go to our leadership and say there is an opportunity for us to engage the most vulnerable in our city and it starts as easy as an email and when we go to our leadership we show them the website careportal.org peruse around top right corner there's a button that says enroll your church it really is that simple to get started and once you do that you engage this network where our team will walk you through the process of getting yourself ready so that when these requests start coming, you can respond to them. Our church doesn't respond to every request. This isn't one church does everything. This isn't about a church of 5,000 or a church of 15,000. This is about every church doing a little. So whether you're part of a church of 50 or 5,000 or 15,000, there is a place for you at this table. There are people in your zip code that need your help, and Care Portal is going to open the door for you to get to them. So my ask of you, is you go to your church leadership and you say, here's an opportunity. Go to careportal.org, check out the videos, enroll your church, and become part of this network that is serving this city. So let me just tell you what he just said, in case you missed it. We've met with our government agencies, and they've said, yes, please. Uh, They want this here. They understand that the church can be a huge gift to families right now in crisis. So how does the church respond? Sometimes well, sometimes not so well. We don't know what to do, but Care Portal's working. If we go to careportal.org and sign up, our churches, our families, our whatever, we'll show the state we're ready. Because as we met with DCS this week, 
they would like to get going now, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not ready for the church to meet those needs yet. And so the more churches who start to sign up and individuals who sign up willing to receive an email, and Tom, to your point earlier, we're not asking somebody to do something they don't do. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not asking somebody to get out of really their comfort zone, although that, that can be okay. But really I'm saying, what, are you, what do you have that you'd like to share? What can you do to serve a family? We'll connect you in real time because the state has those needs right now. Families have those needs. I love it. I think God's in this big. When was the last time the, the state government was asking the church for help? Um, they really are. And here we have this opportunity to figure out how to make it work. So, Adrian, um, careportal.org, uh, it's, it's happening. Anything else on the website they should go look for? Or if they have any questions, do they, can they email you? Maybe your email address? You just didn't know. They can email me if they want to. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I am so excited about what's happening in Maricopa. And I just want to say publicly, Billy, thank you. Mm. I mean, God has put you in a position where all of the things he's done in you over the last 40 years in this city have are, are coming to a head mm, like your influence is significant so I, i'm grateful for thanks. you using it Appreciate and i'm going to tell you phoenix i've been to a lot of places but the the pace that billy has me on in these meetings <laughs> when i'm here is amazing and the people who are gathering to have this conversation look you're in a city where people care mm. they care you guys care and that is really exciting to me so um i'm expecting that people who are listening to this are going to engage because now they have an easy way to do it. They know exactly where to begin. You just go to the website, careportal.org, and peruse around and enroll your church. There are videos to watch. There's the basics of understanding this. And and hang on because somebody's going to reach out to you to take you to the next step. You just got to take that very first step. And if many churches step up to do this in the, the weeks to come, man, wouldn't it be awesome to enter this summer with 20, 30, 50 churches ready in to Phoenix, go. ready to go, ready to rally to meet the needs of children in crisis. This is pretty exciting. I am looking forward to seeing what God does next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, when I think of all the things, Billy, uh, just from my small view of what God has put had to put together for this moment to happen right now Mm. excites me. And I know that the church is going to step up. You can send an email to me. If you need uh, any questions, I'll make sure it gets to the right person. Tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's Tom at faithtalk1360.com. Adrian Lewis, Billy Thrall, careportal.org, careportal.org. Check it out. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. I'm so excited that we're going to be hearing from Kathy Herod and the team at Center for Arizona Policy throughout the legislative uh, season just because there's so much going on. As uh, we found out last week, over 1,200 bills submitted uh, this year, and every line, every word has to be scrutinized because you never know what's going to be put in some of these bills. But uh, I'm so thankful that Center for Arizona Policy is on the front lines uh, fighting for families and uh, Kathy Herod joining us. Kathy, thanks for all that your you and your team does. Oh well, thank you, Tom. Glad to be on with you. We're, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, would you say this is the busiest season of the of the legislative process? Now they've gotten 
the newness over and uh, we're not looking for impending closures. So everybody is uh, working full out, right? Yes, this is the time in the session when you have to get your bills through the committee hearing process. There are only two more weeks of committee hearings. Now, sometimes that gets extended, but you can't count on that. So we have a busy schedule of committee hearings this week and next week. And what are some of the kinds of things that you guys are are having to evaluate? Well, the big news this week is on Wednesday morning, the House Judiciary Committee will will have a hearing on three pro-life bills. Um, Senate Bill 1474 is a measure to ensure that aborted baby body parts are not trafficked in our state, um, to ensure that no sale, no distribution, no gifting, nothing of aborted baby tissue or body parts will happen in our state. This obviously is a response to the Planned Parenthood video um, exposés from last summer. So that, that bill's already passed the Senate. It will be in the House Judiciary on, on Wednesday morning. We also have Senate Bill 1324 that is to fix um, a respond to a court decision on abortion medication. Um, we're continuing to try to ensure that the abortion medication protocol set forth by the Food and Drug Administration is followed in our state, just like it is in Ohio. So that that's up also on Wednesday morning. And then the third bill up this Wednesday morning is um, Senate Bill 1485, that is to guarantee the state has what it calls a charitable campaign, where a state employee can give to a charity um, a list of, from a list of charities put forth by the state. They can do payroll deductions to help support a charitable, um, charitable entity that they support. Well, it was discovered last year that Planned Parenthood was on the list of those charities. So Senate Bill 1485 just follows our longstanding state policy of favoring life over abortion and clarifies that no entity that provides elective abortions will be eligible to participate in the state charitable campaign. Now, those first two bills, uh, everybody's in agreement, so there's probably no resistance or no hesitation uh, from anybody in the uh, pro-abortion camp, right? <laughs> well, it's amazing the, you know, what they'll put out. And on the, on the issue of aborted baby body parts, what really uh, um, concerns me is that um, the Planned Parenthood videos showed um, basically a form where Planned Parenthood in California was alleging that fetal tissue had cured diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. You know, stop and think about that. If if Alzheimer's or Parkinson's had been cured, wouldn't that have been splashed all over the news media? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the facts are fetal tissue research has not been shown to treat any disease, to treat any um, human condition. It's adult stem cells that have proved so successful in treating so many different um, medical health issues. And so there's really no need for fetal tissue. But that's what we're hearing on that is that, oh, my, we're going to cut off critical research. But then Planned Parenthood Arizona says, hey, we're not trafficking in aborted baby potty parts. Okay, then you shouldn't have any problems with this bill. Yeah, it it just seems, uh, again, a common sense. But it... As I, I mentioned during our, our, our live hour this last week, that basically anything that has Center for Arizona policy tagged on it, uh, the uh, pro-abortion faction, they're going to uh, tooth and nail fight. Well, the the pro-abortion crowd, as well as what's called the Secular Coalition of Arizona, um, they tend to stand up against these bills and try to make them out to be um, somehow tied to a certain religion, and that's just not true. Um, the you know these bills are are good common sense public policy to protect life, to further the state interest in protecting life, 
to ensure that babies are not commodities to be sold and traded on the open market, to ensure that women considering an abortion have basic health and safety measures in place, um, and to ensure that, that taxpayers in the state are not facilitating any type of funding for um, abortion for entities that provide elective abortions. It's as simple as that. And, Kathy, the uh, second bill you mentioned there, um, just to make sure that the federal law on this abortion drug is followed, that how can there be any resistance to that? Well, because, yeah, the great question. You know, what I have not understood, when the Food and Drug Administration approved abortion medication, it was through the first seven weeks of pregnancy. Um, and the abortion industry uses it through the first nine weeks. And they continue to say, oh, it's it's safe, It's there's no problem through the nine weeks. Which, but the, what they never answer is, well, why hasn't the Food and Drug Administration ever changed their protocol? It's not, I mean, the FDA has been in the hands of a very pro-abortion administration for almost eight years now. So if there's a problem with the protocol, then go change the protocol. But as long as the protocol is there, you should be following it. Mm-hmm. And, and it just seems like um, they say they're for the health of the woman, they're there uh, for health care but they don't want to follow health care guidelines. Right. And what has um, concerned me for a very long time is that we put abortion almost like on this um, on this sacred shelf that it can't be touched. And so we're not somehow we're not supposed to regulate abortion like other medical procedures when we know that not only does abortion take the life of a preborn child, but it carries significant risk to the woman who has an abortion. And so we should be doing everything we can as a society and within public policy to ensure that women know the facts about abortion and that they know the alternatives that are available to them. Kathy, we're just a little over halfway through our uh, uh, update here today, and we have just an opportunity uh, for people to understand that they can get involved. We talk about the election process all the time, being registered to vote, uh, voting your values, uh, what are other ways that people can be involved? Well, I would encourage people um, two things. One is to find a candidate that you agree with. Um, this is an election year. And one of the, the best ways that you can help um, really support and live out your values within public policy is to find a candidate that you support and help them in their election. It's as simple as, you know, licking envelopes, making phone calls, maybe walking a neighborhood and encouraging people to vote for someone. So I would encourage people to engage in this election season. And then while we're talking about the life issue, I encourage people to connect with their local pregnancy resource centers. The, the pregnancy resource centers are on the front line. They're the ones that daily are meeting women who are considering an abortion. You know, maybe you're someone who could be a counselor. Maybe you can volunteer at a pregnancy center. Maybe you can help financially. But you know, that's a real way to live out our faith, to live out our pro-life belief, is to be engaged with your local pregnancy resource center. And there's also opportunities to be praying for uh, Center for Arizona Policy, but also uh, praying for our legislature, too. That's right. We um, we do have intercessors that are in the House and Senate gallery every time they go into session, and we're looking forward to Franklin Graham's Decision Points Tour on March 18th. We'll be there as a Center for Arizona Policy team um, to pray for our nation. Um, we also have a prayer email that we send out every week. You can go to our website and find out more about that, and that's azpolicy.org. All right, Kathy, you have a couple of other events uh, that Center for Arizona Policy is uh, marshalling. Uh, tell us about that. Well, on March 17th, we're having a luncheon with Dr. Russell Moore. Um, we're getting closer and closer to a sellout, so I'd encourage people to get their tickets this week. 
And if you're not following Russell Moore or you don't know who Russell Moore is, just Google him and start to read some of the things that he's posting. He leads what's called the Ethics and um, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission that's tied to the Southern Baptist denomination. But Dr. Russell Moore is one of the leading voices on what's going on in the presidential election. His book, Onward, the subtitle is Engaging the Culture Without Losing the Gospel. For example, last week he wrote something about how he calls himself a gospel Christian now, not an evangelical, because the term evangelical is being so abused and misused during this election season. So I would encourage people, just find out what Dr. Russell Moore has to say. That's March 17th at Arizona Biltmore. It's available on our website at azpolicy.org. Excuse me. Then looking ahead on May 5th, we have Britt Hume for our annual Cap Family Dinner. So we'll have information on that on our website as well. And you can go to AZ Voter Guide uh, for information as far as candidates and the questions that have been asked and how they answered. And, uh, Kathy, is it true that if they, even if the candidates didn't fill uh, out the form, that they, there was research done to say what their voting records spoke to that question, for example. Yes, our team has researched the answers to if the candidate did not answer. Um, the Arizona presidential preference primary is March 22nd. If you have an early ballot, let me just mention this. I would encourage you to not fill out your early ballot until after the Mar- after March 15th. Um, we've got ongoing primaries this week in other states. There are big primaries on March 15th. You don't know who might be in the race March 16th and 17th, who might be left in the race, that you want to really cast your vote wisely for the March 22nd presidential preference primary. So if you've got that early ballot, um, you can wait for the results of the March 15th primaries. And then I would just suggest you mail your ballot by, like, the 17th to ensure it arrives on time. That is great advice. Again, you can go to azpolicy.org, azpolicy.org, if you're not signed up. For five minutes for families, you need to do so uh, to stay informed as to what's going on in our state and is important to our, uh, well, to our faith. Uh, Also, the uh, AZ Voter Guide, is that .com, azvoterguide.com? Yes, it is. uh Uh, azvoterguide.com. And you can, especially if for some reason you didn't get registered so that you can vote in this uh, presidential preference election, you still need to get registered. Don't put it off. Oh, I'll do it later. No, that's what got you in this problem to begin with. Uh, (laughs) Do it now. Uh, Again, you can go to azvoterguide.com. Kathy Herod, Center for Arizona Policy. We just delight that you are uh, making yourself available to give us these weekly updates, and uh, we look forward to supporting you and uh, Center for Arizona Policy in the future. Great. Thank you, Tom. God bless. You heard Kathy mention it earlier, and I want to make sure that you do whatever you can to join us for the Decision America Tour 12 noon on March 18th at the state capitol. Let's show our community and the nation just how much the people of faith in Arizona care about our country because you know our nation is in trouble, and the answer does not rest in our politicians and the political parties and and all of that as much as Christians we know the answer And his name is Jesus, who is the Christ. For all the details for that, go to DecisionAmericaTour.com. And then make sure and join us a week from Friday, March 18th, at the State Capitol. Again, DecisionAmericaTour.com is where you can go. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. Connecting faith, life, community, and you. Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ.
I believe 2016 is going to be a big year in Arizona, particularly here in the Valley. And, well, those are two of the reasons right there. Care Portal, every church doing a little. I think it's going to be transformative in our state, in our county. And also the continued work from Center for Arizona Policy and Kathy Herod and her team. I mean, it's just vital. And there are so many other people here in the Valley that God has given a plan and a purpose to that are doing some truly incredible things. And it's a great, it's a great honor to get to see. Um, I, I'm just blessed to see so many wonderful things going and happening because people are responding to God's call. Dear Heavenly Father, we just are in awe You are the creator of all that is, all that was, all that ever will be of heaven eternal. And Lord, that you would want to have a relationship with us so much so that you would send a part of yourself to be sacrificed so that the wound could be healed, the damage of sin repaired. So that we once again could be in your presence, could be with you for all of eternity. Lord, thank you for my wife, Mary. Bless her. Give her an awesome day. Show her just truly how much you love and care for her. And Lord, I pray that she'll just be a light to shine. To everybody she comes in contact with, Lord, that everybody she works with, works for, and is working for, will be blessed. Lord, thank you for the listeners right now that are encouraged by these that you've brought to the microphone. And Lord, I pray that we'll respond to your calling in our lives individually and as a community. We love you so very much. In thy heavenly name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. I, I, just, it's good stuff, right? God is good. Thanks for joining us today. This is KPXQ. Blessings. Blessings.